I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? It doesn't say anything about a chocolate, does it? Hello and welcome to the Spool Podcast. It's number 59 with me, Nigel Wheely, and him, Port McGill. Hey, Port. Hello. How's it going? It's been a little while. You were in America for a while. How was yep. that? Great. Three weeks, nice break, but uh, back with a bang. Back with a bang. Very good. So um, we are here to cast an eye over some of the titles that have caught our attention in the last two months and then see sort of what lies ahead in what you call the silly season of the summer. So it's a not really a great time for cinema releases, to be quite honest. No, quite slim pickings, uh, a lot of remakes, uh, add-ons, and, you know, just daft comedies. Yeah, and just bad films. So you've, I think you've got consecutive weeks where we're going to have Baywatch, Transformers, uh, The Mummy. These might be in kind of consecutive yeah. weeks. And I don't really get excited about them. But then things do brighten up a little bit further down. Uh, in the summer. But anyway, we're going to start, unusually, with a film that's not even in the cinema. Um, slightly wacky, this is the new uh, Brad Pitt starring film War Machine, which is on Netflix. So we'll just take a clip here. Buddy here just announced to the whole of Afghanistan that we are about to abandon it. That's like telling the bad guys all they got to do is wait out the next 18 months and then we'll be gone. And so he just told him auditorium full of young American soldiers. The war they've been asked to fight these last eight years has been nothing more than one great monumental waste of everybody's time. Well, you heard him. He's not giving us the full 40,000. They're giving us 30. Just got off the phone with the sec, Def. We got to get the rest from our coalition partners. Looks like we're going to Europe, boys, so, uh... Pack your, uh... Oh, I don't know. Fuck it. Pack whatever it is they wear in Europe. Mr. Brad Pitt. What do you think of that, Pork? You haven't seen this. I have seen From looking at that clip and listening to Brad doing his usual Brad thing, what do you think? Uh, It seems interesting. I would like to watch it. It seems like it's quite light and maybe... There's a great war film, um, Wag the Dog, which kind of sums up the stupidity of war and how it's all concocted and everything, which is kind of my go-to war satire reference mm. yeah well this certainly isn't on a my go-to one being dr strange love this is about a thousand miles from it and um, the film's actually pretty good it's only on netflix so that is somewhat of a statement that a movie star like brad pitt is drawn to a platform like that but that's where the money is they probably don't really care where the film is um any by, big director behind it sorry and um, the guy who did yeah the guy that's what i was gonna say the guy who did animal kingdom so um that film from, uh, I guess, five, six years ago. Um, not a whole lot else. D- David Michaud is his name. So the supporting cast in there is uh, very, very good. Tilda Swinton, Ben Kingsley plays uh, the slightly wacky, t- like the guy he played from Iron Man, this sort of crazy Afghan um, Prime Minister guy. You've Getting got Will like Poulter. Yeah, Will Poulter, Topher Grace, um, and Anthony Michael Hall. So there's our familiar faces. Um, it tells the story of this fictional uh character um who isn't he's based on the actual army general a guy called uh stanley mccrystal um who was really really good in iraq he won the iraq war captured all the good uh sorry or captured all the like high ace cards or, or the deck cards guys from al-qaeda and then got given this job to wrap up the afghanistan war but his simple thing was we need to get more people in so as we can win this and then obama at the time was uh the one who was um, telling them to 
like get the hell out so oh, okay and then he's like but i need extra people to win and now you're as we heard in the clip he's you know he's just in the route kind of messaging around the whole thing so then they have to go and it's, it comes a bit of a romp then they go to europe and have to talk to whatever it is nato i think they're called coalition partners so i don't know i've become very fatigued by the afghanistan war and it just got me thinking of films kind of like war dogs from last year which was a very forgettable todd phillips film with um those uh jonah hill and miles teller and it's mm. kind of like a bit flippant about war and i don't know it's getting it's fascinating though that this will see this will get a much bigger audience by being on netflix has brad pitt's face there he's doing quite unusual performance in it um does he eat much there's not much eating he does this funny walk that i can only describe as a bit like um something that mark ruffalo might do oh okay yeah kind of like a, a gorilla sort of style thing so it's not as funny as it needs to be it's not as dramatic or as sort of gut punching as it possibly could be mm. and it's a little bit forgettable but there's enough in there to make it decent enough so it's yeah. about a slap down in the middle two and a half i'll probably forget ever so oh wow, okay it kind of ties in with the whole um can thing at the moment um pedro motivar He's on the jury. I don't know if they've... Do they have a head of the jury? I think he's the president of that jury okay, or something. Yeah. Yeah. So the kind jury of... who, moments ago, yeah. uh, just announced that the Ruben Usland had won the uh, the Palme d'Or. Um, Brilliant. In- incidentally, that's a film that will be in the cinema. A film called The Square. So he did Force Majeure, I think. Oh, fantastic, so, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know in the press release whether they said, because this will come in the cinema. Yeah, so Pedro kind of said he kind of had a warning about Netflix and... You know, films deserve to be seen in the cinema and, you know, not on TV and stuff. And it's it's a tough one because it's it's become enough. Netflix has kind of taken over and now we've got stuff. It's more so for TV, like Amazon Prime and everyone's kind of cottoning on. But it gives people a, a chance to see a lot more. And I definitely agree most things should be seen in the cinema. But sometimes you kind of... Do you want your story to be told and seen to the biggest audience, or do you want to be see want it to be seen in the best possible way? Yeah, but then some people. I know some people watch Netflix on the forty six A on the way to work. Um, but a lot of people have like you know fifty inch plasma screens with phenomenal surround. You have a lovely sound bar. Yeah, yeah. I like watching. Or if you have a projector with good sound. Yeah, producer Colin with his like you know one hundred inch projector and phenomenal sound like that's. That's not that far off a cinema experience. Like, and if you have a cinema experience where someone's kicking the back of your seat, talking on their phone, you, talking on the phone, like, you know, I think there's a lot of merit to be there. Um, the yeah. one other thing from the uh, can uh, thing is that Pedro Almodovar has just given an award to Nicole Kidman for no real reason. He he just um, he's just an anniversary jury prize to her for being her. Did he just go off script and say it to her? Yeah, Brilliant. no, it's an, you know he commissioned a prize just for her. Oh, okay, it seems so. We'll, we'll hear more about that in the coming days. Good woman, Nicole. Brilliant. Um, anyway, so I suppose one film that did probably need to be seen in cinema if you were going to see it in cinema is one you're going to talk about. Yeah, Alien Covenant. It's the sequel to the prequel, uh, Prometheus, and it's three films, potentially five films before. So it's the Attack of the Clones of <laughs> yeah, yeah. World. Um, so Ridley Scott directed it and he said he could fit maybe another three to five films before we would get to the timeline where we get Alien so in Prometheus we didn't really have anything that we recognised as Alien-esque um, but in Alien Covenant we have got this so it's kind of a bog standard enough story um, starts on a ship group of people going towards a, a planet to repopulate so the raw couples and there's about maybe 2,000 people in deep hypersleep who they are and the the crew themselves were in hypersleep and it's just Michael Fassbender as Walter. 
He's Walter, yeah. He's Walter. An American accent. Yeah, we'll go into some spoilers in this because it's been on yeah, for a wee while. Yeah. So he's Walter and he's kind of controlling the ship. The ship goes into a solar flare and damages it's an electrical surge. So he has to bring the crew out. Then when they come out of their hypersleep, um, what's his name? James Franco. James Franco is somehow. Yeah, he dies like his ship. His he's pod. not in the film like and there was different stories about whether it's a spoiler to say James Franco dies in the film but he's not actually he's in it for like 10 seconds you can see his person. face yeah and yeah. you wonder if he was even on set or did like they just CGI him in and mm. um, so he dies and then the crew have to decide do we go to they realize that there's a planet quite close and they've gotten a signal from it and they're like oh this planet's much closer it's only like a couple of weeks away from where we currently are and our current destination is like seven and a half years years like that we have to go back into sleep for and seeing as a crew member has died and a couple of the other passengers have died nobody's really rushing to get back into the hypersuit and to add all the passengers are husband and wife yeah they're all couples or sorry husband and husband oh yeah wife and wife Mm, there's different couples and it doesn't it you know they're all married uh, Mm. spouses which is very interesting there's none of this i got a girl back home because the no. right yeah. Oh, yeah. So then we kind of have two characters who kind of come to the fore. You've got Billy Crudup, who is the then acting captain, and he's a bit like you know, no one really trusts him, and he's quite religious. You find out, but that never really comes to the fore. And then we have Catherine Waterson, who I always think looks like Brie Larson. Yeah. A lot of the time when I saw the thing, I was like, oh, Brie Larson's an alien. And then I was like, mm, no, no. Um. So then she kind of becomes the stand-in uh, Ripley figure, and you know, more of the crew are loyal to her. Um, so here we have a clip of one of the other characters, Danny McBride, which is kind of hilarious to see Danny He's McBride. He's very good. Isn't he it? is very good mm-hmm. in it, you know, but when you see him in the trailer, you're like, what? You know, where are all the other lads? Um, so yeah, here's a clip that shows a bit of the tension. I was just saying, a bit of a spoiler if you saw that clip. Yeah, before, before the film. Before you kind of work out it's near the end and there's not many characters left. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And um, we see, so when they, they land on the planet, they realise that seemingly someone was there before, there's another spaceship. Then, now these are spoiler alerts, so you can kind of turn off or tune out for a couple Been of minutes. Been out about two and a half weeks, so. Yeah. Um, we realise uh, another figure comes to the rescue, and lo and behold, it's Michael Fassbender as David. So, from the first film, Prometheus, which is kind of one of my first problems, because it then becomes obvious that he's gone a bit crazy. And in Prometheus, he didn't seem to be that unhinged, because you learn in the stories that goes on that he has kind of created these alien figures through... Uh, you know, trial and experiment and a bit of mutation on Rooney Mara, was it from the first film? Um, no, it wasn't Rooney Mara, it was... Uh... So he's kind of been experimenting on her and killed her in the process, but, like, she saved him, and I don't remember him being that unhinged um, in the... Numi Rapas. Uh, so brilliant. Rooney Mara played the girl with the dragon tattoo in the English language version, she did it in the Swedish version. So, uh, yeah. So we're on like, the right track. Uh... So that kind of was just a bit like, oh, I don't know if I'm... As a scientist, did you feel morally that a cy- a genetic, sorry, a cyborg could go down that route? Do you think they could learn, have enough like self-learning to, to get that desire to mess around and stuff? I don't know. And potentially, like, it's so far in the future, you're like, yeah, you don't know. But to me, for the film, it was too big of a plot hole and too big of a jump 
that he then became this and that it also made the film once you saw it makes the ending incredibly predictable he gets a he gets a haircut um like to just look like walter yeah early on and you don't really bat an eyelid you're like oh he's just cut his hair to look like his earlier version and you're like that's interesting i think the side part thing goes left to right and then goes right to left I'm not 100% sure on that. I wanted it to be, and as well when the reveal And then the happens, big reveal, of course, at the end. When she's in the, the chamber, I wanted him to like hold his hand up and pop the arm out and just wave bite her. <laughs> and instead, they'd go back to this stupid thing about building a cabin and you're like, oh, don't care. Um, so yeah, Over- and like, where's it going to go for the next three to five films? Like, Yeah. Overall, though, it's kind of, with the exception of that, like, like I put that, it's a very stupid film. Like there's a lot of people who kind of, fall over at different points like and slip and guns stop like, I think and it's this predictable this thing and, of like but, they don't keep correct protocol for when someone's yeah. infected which we saw in life earlier in the year yeah and you're just like well if you had done that you would have been fine they, and all these couples as we said earlier are in it and each pair keeps dying and everyone's just like ah, okay my wife's just dead uh, on we go yeah does your wife die as well we could we could buddy up <laughs> um i actually really i agree with everything you said but I actually really enjoyed it because okay. i like, I just, I, the fact it was kind of stupid, I thought it was mindlessly really enjoyable. I love being on that ship. Being on the planet was absolutely brilliant. Um, when it did start to lose, when it got more connected to Prometheus, like, I think the first 45 minutes, I was really 100% buying into everything. And then when it got more, when we met David again, I guess, in the kind of megalithic zone, and like, I lost it a little bit then, but still thoroughly enjoyed it. And Ridley Scott seems to be more so wanting to go down the route of AI and exploring this whole thing of than what the, is humanity and yeah, than yeah, the whole we, alien killer, yeah, you know. There's like a big debate then about whether this does anything to the original films, like knowing the origins, if they are artificially created like do we, does it matter that we know and is it a bit are we back in the world of like but i don't know how that fits in with the original world if would it, it doesn't make a difference does it like but it kind of makes it a bit stupid and pointless that like what has happened that we think these are just existing in a thing and we don't realize that like there. they were created by us essentially well yeah your man wayland industries who invented david which in turn invented the whole thing in a yeah way, so yeah, I don't know. So as you say, there's two, maybe three of these films to go. Um, really, Scott's not that young either, you no, know? It's a bit of a worry that this mm. story will never finish um, because it won't get to be done. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's basically exactly where I'd be at. Do you think Fastbender was good? Yeah, he, solid enough, you know. Doing that thing where he's acting opposite himself. Oh, yeah. Army Hammer in The Social Network. Um, yeah, Lindsay no, well, Lohan in the parent trap it's a skill he is very interesting and you're like yeah it's good but it just kind of it, it clips too much from what, uh, the other films to be anywhere original so you're just like ah yeah okay fair yeah, enough yeah and she's not a bad Ripley replacement oh no but not by any means but you're just like yeah. Mm. yeah I'd still recommend it so far over a lot of the other blockbusters we've had although we're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy in a minute yeah we're talk about it now what is it like again this is out about five weeks so apologies oh, okay. but we haven't been here in ages um, um no I really loved it, Guardians of the Galaxy because mm-hmm. I totally it was weird because it came out here before it came out in America so we left here it wasn't out in America and then by the time we came home by the time it was coming out in America we were coming home so it's like oh and um, it had been out here a year or week yeah behind. yeah so sure. it kept um didn't know too much going into it and really loved it thought it was really funny really heartfelt, actually cared about the characters, which I never do in a superhero film. You know, I think they've built up a good relationship in the first film and they've kind of carried on from it in this. And okay, it's kind of predictable and you know where it's going, 
but there's a great um I think Michael uh, Rucker as Yondu, kind of that whole storyline with him and Chris Pratt is great. And again, it's full of the humour of the first one, you know. Yeah, I nearly would. I was one of the few slightly dissenting voices about the first film. Like everyone's like, this is the greatest Marvel film ever. And I was like, no. Um, and I actually preferred this. I thought I cared about yeah, it I a think lot more. The sequel is Not better. sure quite, as you say, Yondu's uh, funeral bit at the end. I wasn't quite buying into everyone being into it and who who... Who's every the who's who of the of the bounty hunter kind of people like you know with Sylvester Stallone, um, Thing Rhymes, the Thing Rhymes, and and I was just so confused. Zhang Ziyi, or something. Or oh yeah, yeah. It, I'm not sure who it was, but all these people. I was like, did he really warrant that kind of thing? But the film was so effective at us feeling for him that it nearly did work. I suppose. Mm. Um, and the CGI version of. Uh, Kurt Russell, I thought it was, was fantastic. Oh, at the start, yeah, that was <laughs> kind of funny. And he's great in anything he's in. It's one of the better villains. Like These films have huge problems with villains being kind of relatable and, and it worked. It kind of ties in with the Alien Covenant thing of like humans aren't worthy of their environment and their creation and, you know, they don't deserve because mm. Kurt Russell is going on this whole bent of like, nah, it's not worthy and, you know. Yeah, we... Uh... We saw it, I think, on the opening weekend on the Sunday, and it was late on a Sunday night, and it just, you can see everyone was a bit tired and drained, and the film is long, 2.25, yeah, yeah. but it actually, it warrants it, like it is it is a treat, so, I mean... They just stay for the five endings. Yeah, all stupid. They were, pretty much, right. yeah. Even the bit with Stanley at the end, and I was like, I don't want to, like, say this, but, like, if he were to pass away now in the last six months, and that was his last contribution to cinema, it'd be kind of sad, wouldn't it, but... Um, anyway, we have our Spider-Man Homecoming... Uh, which is the worst movie poster in history, uh, which is out in July. And then we have Wonder our Woman. next... Yeah, Wonder Woman in the DC world. So they're the two big... Wonder Woman's out next week, actually, amidst mm. all these blockbusters. So, you know. And it's Thor. Thor, then, is that November? Okay. Or Ragnarok. And then we're due more... Like, it's actually the bigger Avengers films that I'm less excited about. Like, because they're, they're the ones that are no longer having the crack because they're like, oh, no, we have to be big and serious. And Captain America's taking on all that of, like, the heavy... Stuff, whereas the rest of them just seem to be having the ultimate. Time. Reading something in the BBC um, about how it's come out that Captain America is actually supporting um, Hydra, <gasps> and everyone's going nuts, being like, "What?" Because Hydra is basically the Nazis in a veiled kind of thing, and it's just like, "Yeah," and how Captain America's big fascists, and how the comic book are in this crisis of creating these characters, and it's just like, "No, don't do this to characters that we love. Go and create new characters." This is if what you want. they've. This is what they've done. Flip them. Mm. I guess you need evil to be good. How about that? How about that for a statement? Put that's, that on a t-shirt. That's deep. If you don't have something to balance, yin and yang, man. Mm. Mm. Speaking of yin and yang, um, a film that's quite a philosophical film um, that's just out in the cinema just this weekend, one that we'll just get a few um, minutes on, is called The Red Turtle. So this is from Michael Dudok de Witt, and it's a Studio Ghibli film. So they've... Uh, what do you think of the pronunciation there? That's very good. Thanks. He's Dutch. Is so it correct? Dutch. I don't know. Um, he's probably not a listener, but uh, it won. Or sorry, it was nominated for best animated uh, feature film at the Oscars, losing to Zootopia, Zootropolis, um, and it's a Studio Ghibli film. So this was in between when Miyazaki was uh, retired. He's now making a new film, even though he's retired twice. He's a bit of a I don't know. A, well, this would be a wrestling reference, but like Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan, all these guys keep retiring and then they come back. So Miyazaki okay. is doing the same thing. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so we'll see anyway. So the film is 80 minutes long. So it's not too long. It has no dialogue. 
So uh, this is nice if you're, if you're abroad. I'm actually going to play a bit of music. Like, I'll, I'll play a bit from the trailer just to give you a bit of the musical okay. thing in the background. Um, so there we go. And the nice thing with it is that you don't really, like, it just sort of goes back to, to good animation that it doesn't need the dialogue or doesn't really need the stories. So the scream is basically one of the few bits of dialogue. It's like, eh. Oh, okay. Ah. I suppose in the trailer, though, you kind of want to make it look like there's actually signed a dialogue in it. Yeah. You know? So anyway, it's a man gets washed up on a desert island and he tries to escape, as he would. Um, but he's prevented from escaping three times as he builds this big raft. And then this red giant red turtle keeps like bashing up under his raft. And you're not really sure why or whatever. And then... So he goes back to the island, he's this inconsolate and really, you know, upset or whatever. And then the red turtle kind of walks up and he's really pissed off. So he flips the red turtle upside down. So now the turtle can't move. Hmm. And then the turtle dies. And then he's like, oh man. And then the turtle turns into a beautiful red haired woman. And so then they live together. It's quite a trippy film. And then they sort of coexist and, and procreate and have a child. And that's all good. And then the film's just sort of about their their existence there and won't ruin where the film goes in the end, but it's all very cyclical and lovely. And if there's a lot of like the... Did you see Moana? I think you did. Yeah, I did, yeah. So a lot of that kind of talk about like Eastern, like tribal kind of culture mixed in with if it was like Tom Hanks and Wilson on Castaway and bits of even Lost, like the power oh, okay. of an island as yeah. well. Um, and then the Studio Ghibli packaging around the whole thing. So it's very good. Like, you wouldn't recommend this to everyone. But I do think, like any of these good um, Studio Ghibli animations, like, there's enough there that just it sort of feels like this magical kind of experience. So I would give it a big thumbs up. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, check it out. So it only came out on Friday and it's 80 minutes, which is brilliant. Yeah, and no words. So I had a good one for an old weekend morning. Fantastic. Um, Pity it wasn't in black and white and you'd have the trilogy, you know? Parts of it are in black and white. Oh, <laughs> fantastic, yes. Bits of it are animated <laughs> in black and white. Cool. It's all animated, obviously. Uh, keeping with the Asian theme, I'll just kind of mention very quickly The Handmaiden that came out. Oh, it seems like possibly About a month ago weeks, now. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So it's the latest film from Chan Wook Park, who directed um, Old Boy, and his most recent film is Stoker. So it's a great story. Like, it looks fantastic. Um, it concerns a handmaiden who goes to a very wealthy woman, um, but she's kind of there under nefarious purposes to con her. There, she's a con artist, um, but then she falls in love with her and keeps twitching and turning and spinning. And I was impressed by it because I didn't see a lot of the surprises coming. You keep guessing. It's quite graphic um, in terms of sexuality at different times. And there's the final scene. You're like, that's a bit daft because they talk about something during the film. And you're like, I wonder if they're actually going to show that. And they kind of do towards the end, and it's very pointless. But I think it's just him being like, well, I'm, you know, controversial and, you know, a bit out there. So here's this. It's almost like pointless, but it's a very good, well told story. Um, so it might still be shown in the lighthouse it, or something like it that. It is. Yeah. Okay. I still so. haven't seen it, and I nearly saw it this weekend. Me and producer Colin had a choice between it and the Japanese creepy family drama Harmonium, and we chose Harmonium. Um, kind of regret it but okay anyway, it did provide we'll talk about my movie moment of the month in a couple of minutes it okay. does have that moment perfect um i'll quickly just talk about the worst film that i've seen all year it's not baywatch uh it's a film called snatched and this is from jonathan levine who guy ritchie directed no i didn't see king yeah we're not even talking about king arthur did anyone see it is that the problem no i listened to like a two-hour podcast 
that Joe Rogan did with Guy Ritchie. So that was nice. It was good, and I was kind of... I he's quite like to Madonna. Does Guy he talk Ritchie. about Madonna? He talks, he mentions he's like my ex-wife at one point. And you're just like, ha, he means Madonna there. Um, so that made me really want to go and see it. And then yeah. it's, it's absolutely bombed. So I'm like, oh, and neither of us have seen it. No. Sad. But anyway, mm. mine is snatched. So uh, this is uh, the Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn are playing a mother and a daughter. And it's from the director, Jonathan Levine, who did the comedy drama about cancer. 50-50 with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen. Um, I think the best way to describe it is she's kind of this typical, we've seen it in so many comedies, like this waster who's like just turning 30, hasn't done anything with the life, has upset fam- um, her parents, in this case just her mother, um, for just being a bit of a waster. Um, and we'll just see, but she then ends up booking this holiday in Ecuador and all her friends cancel and then they all hate her and everything and blah 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 and so this is um she brings her mother then and um here is a clip of them checking in Como esta usted? <laughs> this is me thank you <sighs> oh thank you very much what's this yes. welcome oh. Oh. Uh. well what welcome oh. welcome I'm sorry Honey, they're not serving I'm so whale sorry, semen. Baby. I've got it. Thank no, I you. I know, but Actually. that was not good. Okay, and I have you down for a king. Oh, nope. That's not right. Uh, I was supposed to be a king, but one thing led to another, and I I, I changed it. So it's it's two queens now. Are you sure you changed? Yes. Yeah, I called ahead. I do see right? that note here. Okay. Well, can you look at that note and and make that note happen? You can sleep head to toe. Like we're sixty nineing. I know what that means, you know, 69. That's actually one of the funnier lines. That is kind of funny. Um, Goldie Hawn looks quite different, though, doesn't she? Like to Yeah, she's gotten a bit old. Look, we're all getting old. Yeah, but she's trying to defy the aging process maybe a little bit. But anyway, I wasn't a fan of this um, at all. They they get taken as hostages and then have to kind of escape there by themselves. And it's, it's trying to be a bit like the energy of the heat, the one with Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock, and then tied in with... Uh, dirty grandpa that Robert De Niro thing like that's the sort of energy like oh okay she didn't really do much for me um so yeah big thumbs big thumbs there maybe the one and a half although uh occasional producer Lisa gave Baywatch a flat out one out of five so maybe yeah. Baywatch is actually I'm, worse than which this. is really disappointing because I thought it looks hilarious from the trailer so I think I'm still gonna go see Baywatch just to be like maybe yeah. it's a chick thing yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't, yeah, they just won't be able to understand. It does have the expected cameos, apparently. Um, I'll yeah. quickly, I'll come back to that. The movie moment of the month for me is, as I mentioned, from Harmonium. So it's for anyone who's seen it, it's a small Japanese film about a man who comes back to stay with his husband and wife after being in prison. And it turns out he's taken the rap for the husband in the situation and we don't know much about it. It's incredibly creepy. And then turns out he's kind of an abuser and a rapist and it's a horrible film, but it's very, it's sort of creepy in a way, but there's a scene on a roof uh, where he reveals himself as a woman is hanging out her clothes. It's one of the creepiest things I've seen all year. It didn't help that I fell asleep a lot in the cinema, as you know, oh, this happens once or twice a year. And then you were like, yeah. this really happened. It was, it was mm. terrifying. And we're going to talk in our next podcast about David Lynch and the way I think he's come the closest to 
showing what it's like when I'm dipping in and out of sleep watching a film and I'm freaking out a little bit. Mm. But Harmonium achieved that and just I didn't know what was going on. But it's the rooftop scene with the sheets. Do you know what your movie moment of the month is? Yeah, it's it's going to be, it's kind of cheating because uh, didn't get to see much with flying and stuff. So it's going to come from uh, Fast and the Furious. No, that is your moment. That was in the movie yeah. in the month of May. You've seen yeah, it. so, okay. so Fast and Furious 8. Yeah. Did it have a number or was it just called The Fate of the Furious? Yeah. So it's when Jason Statham um, is rescuing a baby from a plane. So it's just ridiculously hilarious. The whole film, I'm kind of like, what's the most ridiculous scene? There's mm-hmm. a bit where they're skateboarding on a door over the ice. Mm-hmm. Then there's the bit where they've controlled all electronic cars. So it's kind of raining cars from the sky in order to trap another car. Yeah. But then this moment, I think, How where he's... I can visualize that happening. So the bit where there's Jason Statham and saving a baby. Yeah. Um, was very is, funny and it's good fun. You realize he... Like, people talk like it's Vin Diesel's franchise, and then everyone's like, no, it's The Rock's franchise. And after seeing this, you're like, actually, maybe you could, you know, it wouldn't matter if Vin Diesel and all his family weren't really there. And if yeah, it was I kind of hate Vin Diesel in it. I'm just yeah. like, ugh. More, more state. Yeah. Uh, did you notice as well with the film? I think this is something that a lot of people have talked about, but The Rock and uh, Vin Diesel are not in any scene together because they hate each other. Oh, yeah. And The Someone Rock did this came out and gave a lot of shit about Vin Diesel, how he doesn't give any effort and doesn't work hard yep. during the film, so... Sucker. Um, we're Team Rock. Uh, we very much are. So that's basically all the films that we've seen that we want to talk about. So we might just preview a few coming up in June. Um, my pick is one that uh, we saw at the Galway Film Flat last year. And last I'm, year. And I'm on the poster. Hey! So this is an Irish film, an Irish gangster film called Cardboard Gangsters. So from the director Mark O'Connor. And uh, my quote of John Connors is an absolute colossus. You can't take your eyes off him. Is on the poster. Do you stand over that comment? I actually do stand over it, and I'm actually looking forward to sort of seeing it again. How's your dealer now? Aren't you married the biggest dealer in London? You sure know how to charm a girl, don't you, Jack? Look at that on the screen. They got the flash cars, flash lights, all that shit. That could be hell. It's not that easy. Yeah, why not? It's blood money. You mean gold money, Glenn? Flash clobber. Girls when we want. Sessions when we want. Drugs when we want. Pan him out Oh, boys, this is their life! So, there you go, Cardboard Gangsters. It gives you a bit of a sense. It's out June 16th. It's basically the closest. If you enjoyed the TV, the RTE TV series, Love Hate, this is basically a big screen version of that without any of the kind of Shakespearean characterization things that that series sort of thought it had crafted, you know? Oh, okay. Well, no, do you know the way... There Sounds was... like a very backhanded compliment, or no? Well, no, do you remember they used to analyse, like, you know, Nidja's rise and fall, and it was like, you know, Julius Caesar and all this shit. Anyway, I was, less, okay. I was less into that analysis of it. It's just a down and dirty kind of gangster film that's really good. So as I was flicking through my IFI booklet, I see that they're doing a Dustin Hoffman retrospective from June 10th to June 25th. So my pick for next month, because I don't really know what's coming out, is going to be a Midnight Cowboy. And it's showing on June 10th at 8.40. Um, I only saw this film two years ago uh, for the first time ever. I saw it in an amazing cinema called Kino in Helsinki. And absolutely loved it. Um, it could potentially be in one of my top five films of all time. And yeah, it's just fantastic. So if you haven't seen it, uh, go catch it. And if you have, watch it see again. it again. June 10th. Yeah, it's sort of interesting. Why are they doing a Dustin Hoffman retrospective? Not or why not? Maybe yeah, that, why not? Um, like, again, The Lighthouse did... Oh, it's on the occasion of the re-release of Mike Nichols' Graduate. The IFI takes the opportunity to celebrate the work of Dustin Hoffman, who turns 80 later this year. Good enough so, reason. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, okay. 
so we're going to wrap up there and our scene it is going to be from um, a film that I'm a bit maligned but it's 17 years old and it's got a weird remake for some apparent reason so The is Mummy it, is it a remake the, the Tom remake, Cruise thing follow on thing like I don't really know what it is but because the was... mummy was set in the fifties, right, or something kind of the Brendan Fraser one, or like, yeah, yeah, okay, anyway, yeah. That's so. in about two weeks. Anyway, thanks for the uh, patience, and uh, here's See a bit again. from the mummy. He knows the location to Hamanaptra. You lie. I would never. Are you telling me this filthy, godless son of a pig knows where to find the city of the dead? Yes. Truly? Yes. And if you cut him down, we will give you. <laughs> Ten percent. Fifty percent. Twenty. Forty. Thirty. Twenty-five. Ah. Deal. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one.